Triple M footy lives on listener. Thanks to McDonald's and Ream Hot Water. So many great moments. Oh, here we go. So many thrills. Oh, hang on. So many spills. And we're underway. Triple M is proud to present... MG's Rugby League Rundown. Back from our little spell last week, MG, we are fit, we are fighting, and we are ready to get a little bit closer to finals. How are you, sir? Yeah, pumped, brother. Uh, the sun is shining, as you mentioned. It's uh, got that kind of feel in the air now that the Matildas six-week campaign um, has basically let us free from a bit of late-night watching of TV. Um, what a pr- tremendous effort they were just to... Before we get the to the league. rugby league, yeah, give me your thoughts on the Tillies. Oh. Obviously, went down in the semi to England. Yeah, loved it. Loved every second of it. I must confess that um, before the, the World Cup, I probably knew two or three of the, <laughs> the, the Matildas. Now I know every one of them. So they are household names who've done their country proud and done, yep. more importantly done themselves proud. So it's uh, fantastic. They, they still have another game to come up in Brisbane on uh, mm-hmm. Saturday. So let's hope they can come third and get on that podium. Yeah, I think this will be. We'll we'll now look back at at women's football specifically, and probably football more broadly as a as a pre this World Cup campaign and post World Cup campaign. I think it I think it's changed the the landscape. It's changed the conversation for women's sport in the country in particular. So, um, yeah. well, well done to the Matildas, and obviously he's hoping they can get that win over Sweden in the third place playoff. Right, let's talk rugby league because. Again, despite sitting down the arse end of the ladder and, and being irrelevant from finals conversation point of view, we are talking about the West Tigers again. They have pressed fast forward on the coaching succession plan. Benji Marshall, the training wheels are coming off next year. Tim Sheens is walking away, Craig David style, and Benji is at the helm without assistance. Yeah, I, I, no, nobody really saw this coming. You know, We all thought that Timmy Sheens would honour his contract and have one more season and uh, then pass the reins over to, to Benji. But apparently by all reports, uh, Tim Sheens went into the, uh, the board meeting and said that, um, you know, he's, we've got his manager too and said that he doesn't think he can suss out another year, which, you know, I, th- I find admirable if you, if you, you know, he's, he hasn't been coaching the NRL since 2012, I think it's, it's over 10 years and a lot has changed in the NRL since then. Tim's now in his early seventies. Um, it's it is a job for a youthful man, other than Wayne Bennett. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Benji, Wayne Wayne Wayne's found the fountain of youth somewhere. We can't yeah. Wayne, Wayne is an outlier in this conversation. Yeah, he's a freak of nature. That's what he is. Um, what, the Tigers, what, the Tigers. Tell well, me, just go back in time. Do you do you still think bringing Tim Sheens back to the club was the right decision with hindsight? No, no, I don't. I think it's just delayed the inevitable. Um, I probably in hindsight, I would have put Benji straight in, just throw him into the deep end as you do with kids when you're trying to make them swim, just to start dog paddling kids. Um, and I would have done the same to Benji. I think that um, without being an improvement of last year, they only won three games this season. I, I, I think that everyone's heart is in the right place, but I think there's too many hearts at Tigerland. I think there's too many people trying to take a bite of the cherry and, we don't know, really know who's leading the club. I know Lee Hadjimitalis is the, the head of the board. Uh, we know that uh, Pasco is the football general manager. Um, the CEO three, of the club. CEO. They've got three or four different um, assistant coaches, counting David Ferner and Robbie Farrer, and um, I think Chris Heinington does some stuff there as well. Mm. So maybe a little bit too much information is getting passed on to the players. But um, And then you throw in young Fulton as the uh, recruitment officer. So it's it's kind of a little mumble-jumble at the moment, the Tigers. They need to really find out who their leader is. Um, that is going to be Benji now. And I, and I think that now that he's got the clear mandate, I think he'll be able to do a lot more hiring and firing of, of certain clientele, um, i.e. players and 
administration around his his realm. I think he should. Well, be as long as he's autonomy. given that power by the club, be. he's got to be. He's got to give the total autonomy. It's got because be. we've we saw what happened with. Uh, I'm having a mental blank. Who was coaching the Dragons? No, um, Mary. Mary we saw what happened with Mary at the Dragons year after year. Another merger club, mind you. Speculation just ongoing, constant. And yep. Mary, something of a lame duck out front without the power to go and make the decisions on stuff himself. Yeah, it's, it's unheard of in, in today's game. If you're going to hire a coach, you've got to give him the, you've got to give him full uh, that word again autonomy. You've got to give him everything. You've got to say okay because you're. Your basically results are going to be decided and your fate's going to be decided on your results. And if you can't get up um, to where we want you to be as far as the premiership table goes, well, you, you, you're toast, you're custard. And so why wouldn't you go say to someone who's coming into your organisation, you've got three years to turn this joint around, I'm going to give you a three-year deal. Yep. Um, and that's it's as black and white as you can put it. But saying that, I think just think so many people have got too many vested interests. And that's the Tigers obviously apply to that. You know that that label. So, I'm um, going forward. They've signed some good kids for next year. They've um, they're losing Luke Brooks, obviously. Uh, Adam Dewey's out, still out with another ACL injury. Poor bugger. Um, so, Abby Coruscant has got to be the bloke you build the team around. Um, they they need a they need a half. They need. I know they've got the young Fenu brothers coming from Manly, but um, uh, they need a recognised half, and they need him quick. And I, 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 Adam Caesar is coming back for a year from the English Premier League. He could be a band-aid uh, fix for the for the time being, but long long term they need a they need a general and they need one quick. I love your analogy of their hearts are in the right places, just too many hearts. I haven't heard it put that way, but it perfectly sums it up because w- within the blink of an eye, after this announcement came out and the media started getting onto it, we had your old mate Benny Elias out front, and we know what Ben's motives are around the club. Yeah, uh, and it's it you you, you can't be united. What did Benny when, say? Oh, you know, he was he was critical of the fact that this is how it's played out. Um, you know, and he's been trying to, you know, the, he and, and other people who don't like how the club has been run currently or is being run currently are trying to gain a semblance of control. Yep. And as a result, you're only ever going to hear one side of the argument. And this is, again, this just comes down to same thing as you just said, MG. Heart's in the right place. Benny's Everyone's passion. Right, yeah. Passion, it is there. They want yep. the best, but you've got so many different parties wanting what they think is the best. I mean, all I'll say is just give control to the Blue Wiggle. Let's see what he can do. He, <laughs> it, the Wiggle's got a history. Anthony well, Field's yeah. got a history of making people happy. Let's see if he can't do it for West Tigers fans. I will, I will say this as we end, end this convo about mm-hmm. the Tigers. Tim Sheens was the first person to he, – he, he saw me at a trial game in 1984 – um, and come over to me after the trial and asked me what my name was, and he said, how would you like to play under-23s next year? So I did in under-23s under, um, under in 1985. Um, mm. Then fast forward to a year, in, well, the end of 1986, I got a run on in first grade against the great uh, Cronin and Price in every last game, but then I started my first grade career, and it was Tim Sheens who gave me my break. Wow. Um, I don't like to see him in any sort of peril or bother. I, I want to make sure that he's he's – laying on his pillow at night and he's getting a good night's sleep and not having to worry because he's done it all before. He's, he's done everything in the game. Um, he was the first coach to get Penrith to a, to a semi-final in 85. Um, first coach to, you know, win, win a premiership um, at Canberra Raiders. So he's... he's and he's at the West the Tigers. And West Tigers. He's one of the best. Yep. So I don't want, I want, I don't want people to remember him for these, this last year at the Tigers. Remember him for the stalwart he is in rugby league and he deserves every accolade he gets. Legacy is secured. You're right, MG. Well said.
Uh, right, let's move on to uh, not off-field issues, but on-field uh, s- signings, I guess. Payne Haas has been the big question mark floating around in the off in the free agency market. Uh, November 1 was drawing ever closer. The Broncos have always maintained that they were confident that he was yep. going to stick around, and then the news broke Wednesday that uh, Tuesday he has signed a new three-year contract extension, which is reported to be somewhere in the vicinity of 1.2 a year. Um, fair money? Um, I think so. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Look, I um, what day was it? It was Tuesday. And I was writing a column for the local paper in Penrith, um, which I do every fortnight. And I was writing it on Payne Haas and Tino. We'll get to Tino in a sec. Just how the big man in the game is starting to evolve and, and basically demand such big money. But I don't like the demands that every time you're not happy, your your management say that you, you, you want to leave a club and, and you get mm. at your feet. Um, and I basically ex- exclaimed that if you're going to choose the Western Force in Rugby Union, you are you even entertaining that thought? Well, that's, you know, you, you're, you're in the wrong game. So two hours later, um, he signed a uh, three-year deal for the Broncos. And I'm, and I'm glad, I'm, excuse me, I'm glad, Liam, because this team is doing things this year that are quite phenomenal. And they're doing it in harmony. You can, you can equate a rugby league team to a, a brick wall and, Everyone's their own brick, and down at the bottom, there's one starting to chip away and starting to come unstable, and that 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 could be Payne Haas. It could have been Payne Haas. That brick, that little brick on its own, falls out of the wall, then the whole wall tumbles down. So I didn't want to see any distractions from the from the Broncos this year. I want to see the Broncos at their best, and Payne Haas, he's got to be in that team when they're at their best because he's one of their top two or three players. I'm glad um, he's what he does. I'm glad what he does, and I don't begrudge anyone. I, I honestly don't begrudge anyone taking the money, but don't keep using rugby league as the pawn to go to union or, or, or another code. This, you know, just say you want more money. Just be upfront and transparent and say, oh, I want more money. And I want to, like, the, the argument all along was, I want to play in a grand final, win a grand, win a, win a grand final. Well, guess what? Your team's coming top of the table. You, you're in a five year window with this club. This club could be, along with Penrith, you know, the, 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 the premiers for the next four or five years. Mm-hmm. So this is the team I'd, if I'm paying half, so I'm going nowhere. He got he got his payday one point two million dollars makes him the highest paid uh, front rower in the game in the history of the game um, and I think that's pretty apt because he, he can play eighty minutes and he's a state of origin Australian representative so well done to him yeah well and then reportedly there are there's a ratchet clause as part of this contract yep. which basically means that uh, I think if if the salary, salary cap goes cap. up. Payne's cash goes up as well. So uh, financially looked after, as you mentioned, MG, the on-field success that this Broncos team has had this year and has the potential to have moving forward. Um, why wouldn't you want to stick around? Um, oh. And look, he's, he's you know, he's he's settled. He's got family um, around here as well. So yep. um, I, it's great news for the Broncos. The Just going back to uh, the idea of... <sighs> I guess, management in, in, involved in these deals. Uh, this one, as much as the speculation has been there for almost probably a little over 12 months now because there were there was the incident last year when the Broncos fans were booing Payne yep. over reports that he wanted to leave. Do you think the NRL needs to have as a priority over this off-season or on the top of the agenda somewhere, the the how managers comport themselves in these negotiations? Or do you just do we just need to accept or do we as fans just need to accept that this is part of the business of rugby league. Unfortunately, I think it's the latter. I think it's the latter. I think we've got to, uh, as rugby league fans, accept that this is part of the fabric of our game now, that you know they've got a lot of power in the game's management um, of, of any player or coach. You can see that 
uh, infiltrating the ranks of a lot of clubs. It, it's it's what it is. I mean, it's it goes back to that. You know, the the average rugby league player, first grade, plays thirty four games in their career. Mm. Um, you know, hardly a lifetime of of security. So for mine, whenever you can get someone who's on massive dollars and maybe through a manager, I just don't. I sound like seeing clubs being used by management to say, you know, that my clubs, my, my, my clients being, you know, offered to this this club or this code. And, yeah. Um, I, I'd just rather see some, you know, maybe I'm old-fashioned, but I'd like to see some honesty and transparency in negotiations. I think that you owe that to the fans. You know, a contract the, the, is a contract and a handshake is a handshake. Yeah. Bloody oath it is. Yeah, bloody yeah. oath it is. Uh, the interesting thing I will say, we'll move on from pain now, but the interesting thing is this contract takes him through to about 26 years of age. And if statistically, when you look at it, that's the prime of prime. of an NRL forward. So, Liam, he's just played his first grade game. He's got the potential to be the best front row that we've ever seen. He honestly and, has. And the guy we're going to speak about next is probably right up his clucker. Well, the, 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 we're moving on to Tino, but Payne, all I'm saying is Broncos, if you want to keep Payne onto his next contract, I'd start penny pinching. I'd start yeah. finding the money because he's going to be in his prime when renegotiation comes around next time, and he, he's going to be a lot more expensive than 1.2 if he keeps this form up. Let's talk about especially, his mate. Team. Especially if they've got a competition under their belt. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. The disease are more. If if every all of his teammates are suddenly premiership players, yep. now they want to get paid too. It makes life difficult. And if Reese Walsh's trajectory continues where it's going, oh, he's going well. to be expensive too. Yep. Anyway. Tino. Now, yes. Tino, like Payne Haas, is 23 years of age. Payne has signed a contract to take him through to 26 years of age. Tino just signed a deal that's going to see him into an old bloody man. He'll be 33 by the end of this. Um, on well, 34, value, in fact. On face value, a 10-year deal for anyone is a massive risk, especially for a front rower. But saying that, we're talking about a probably an extraordinary person and footballer. Um, but still, 10 years, I, I in the current climate, I... I don't know. I, why, not, why not five years and then have a baby, maybe a, uh, a a reassess clause where we, after five years, we look at the last five years and we kind of reassess where we're at. I, I know it's a long time. Um, it, I, the only thing I can think about is Jason Tamalolo at the moment, who's about to play his 250th game. He mm-hmm. he signed his 10-year deal at the age of 23 or 24. Yes, exactly the same situation. Yep. Um, he, he's, so he's, what, into his sixth year this year. He's got four to go. It was t- he's until the end of the 2027 season. Which will make him what? Um, so he was 23 when he signed it. So what are we? He's, he'd be uh, he just 29. He'd be 30. 30. He's 30 no, he's 30 now. So he's, he's just turned now. 30. Right. So that'll make you another four years. He'd be 34. Yeah. It's, okay, it's, so it's, exact, it's very similar to Tino. So what are, my, my, main, my main point of view is that there's something about long-term security for a sports person that stops, I reckon, at least 5% of their hunger and drive without them even knowing about it. Because once you know, ah, I'm, I'm cool for 10 years. <laughs> like, that's got to take a little bit away of your your intensity when you run on that footy field, knowing that you're set up for life. So most time, We watch most players, when they're off contract, that's their best year. That's when they have their best season. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm worried that someone like Tino being – so secure for so long, uh, might take a little bit of that oomph away from him. That's uh, but saying that well, exactly what I said in the first part of this this chat. That if anyone can, you know, throw the the narrative upside down and say well, no stuff you to me would be him. Mm. So I, I just I just you know long term deals, uh, 
They, they come, there's a reason they didn't come on once every generation. Taramalolo was the last one for a 10-year deal. Now Tino, um, I don't think we'll see another 10-year deal anywhere in the future. But I think it's more about Des Hasler trying to make his mark as well. I think he had a lot to do with this Des Hasler. Um, you know, they signed for feeder as well for another three years as well. So uh, the club is showing that they, they mean business, which I like, which I really like. I, I think for too long this, this Gold Coast entity has been uh, a shadow in 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 you know the 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 other clubs um, sunshine. It's just been yep. that they've been they've all been shining, and the Titans or the the other you know uh, entities that they've been the Seagulls and the whatever they never look like winning a comp. This time, I think there's Hasler's going there. Big tick, big big tick. Tino saw Mala Ali signing for ten years. Big tick. Dave Fafita signing for another three years. Another big tick. Now they've got to find out who's going to be, a bit like the Tigers, we spoke about them earlier, who's going to be the, the general, who's going to be the number seven mm. that gets his team around the park and gets these big guys running under the ball? Because I don't think Tanner Boyd's the answer. Mm. I think Tanner Boyd's going to end up more of a 14 coming on as dummy half replacement and, you know, maybe somewhere in the back line. They need they need some explosiveness around the halves because Foran's not getting any younger. Um, is is Jaden Campbell... The the option for number six, um, I, I wouldn't say no, or number seven. All I know is that he's got to get his hands on the ball more than he's, he is at the moment. We spoke about him. We've been speaking about him for the last month or so, Jaden Campbell. Every time he goes on the field, something happens. Um, I'd, I'd love to see him get more involved. Well, I think the other, I mean, what you've seen recently with, with Jaden at fullback, Maybe AJ Brimson is the one that needs to convert into a into a six. They are uh, debuting a, a young half this yeah. weekend uh, in Tom Weaver, who's a local Chugan boy or played for the Cudgeon Hornets. But um, you know, good game, gets good, an op- good game to build, to build against the, the reigning premiers. Yeah, mate, you'll be across from the best in the comp uh, this weekend in number seven, Nathan Cleary. So uh, look, Tino, ten years, he's there. I loved what. Ben Teo had to say about the signing of, Ten, of Tino um, is that it's a bad deal, but it's also a good deal. It's a bad deal because when you look at uh, the last maybe three, four years of that contract, as you say, MG, maybe Tino at that point is not worth $1.2 million a year. No. But what it does for the club in the first oh, yeah. six, seven years of that contract. St- stability. It's all about stability. The club is, pre- is almost putting their hand up and saying we're prepared to wear those last three years, where he's not what he what he is, he's not perhaps worth the money we're yeah. paying him. Um, well, that's, like, that's exactly like Tamalolo at the moment. Mm-hmm. I, I, he's more he's more of an impact player now. Um, he comes on, he's usually starting off the bench and comes on, you know, after twenty or twenty five minutes, and he does his job. It's 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 far, it's part of it. I, and for the it, next four or five years, it's it, there's 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 the flag you wave out the front when you're trying to recruit blokes. Come play with one of the best in the game. Yeah. Tino's not going anywhere. Come no. play with him. You know yeah. that's the that's the flag, that's the carrot you dangle. Um, yeah. Dave like Fafita, quickly. Um, look, you talk about blokes playing up when they're out of you know not playing up but uh, playing above a level when they're when there's a new deal to be negotiated. He's done that, uh, <laughs> and he's he's got himself some cash. Yeah, he, <laughs> case in point. Yeah, case in point. I want to see now what the next couple of years are like for Dave Fafita because he's shown. He's shown that he can go to the next level. And he's done it in the biggest stage there is in origin. So that's got to be another another point of view from him to take back to the Titans training and, and take that to him to help these other young kids who are coming through now looking at him as a senior player almost. You know, he seems to have been around for 
What, he's only 22 or something still? So this kid's uh, I think Dave Fafita is the same age as uh, Tino. Tino. I'm just Googling very quickly. He's 23. Okay. He's the same age. Wow. Keeper Park yeah, so, boy, you know, yep. so. They've both, um, got the world, they've got, both got the world at their feet as far as rugby league goes. And, you know, the, the only thing affecting Dave Fafita is his fitness. You know, he's, he's, if, he, if he's fit and he's in the top, you know, half a dozen players almost in the competition. Uh, if he's not fit, he's in the bottom half of the of the players in the competition. It's a big difference. Tino mm. never seems to be unfit. Um, even when he burst on the scene, the Melbourne Storm, we thought, "Who's this kid? He's got so much energy. Every time he gets the ball, he's it's like a young stallion. Just you know, he wants more. He wants more, and mm. he does that for the Titans. Last week, he, you know, he done it again um, against the Sharkies in a beaten team. He was he was just a, such an outstanding player mm. that you know, Des Hasler must be just rubbing his hands together, saying, "I can't wait to get up there. I really can't." <laughs> Right, let's look at the round ahead, MG. We've got to rip through these. Uh, the Cowboys-Sharks, that's happening tonight. This is the uh, the Paul Green medal game. Obviously, the tragic passing of Paul Green earlier this year. Uh, I know that uh, his wife, Amanda, and their kids are going to be up there again. Obviously, that earlier game in the year where Nico Hines was the winner of the medal and then gave it to uh, the Green kids uh, That was It's just yeah. one of the heartwarming moments. And we spoke to Amanda um Earlier in the week on on Triple M's Rush Hour with Lisa Jones, Liam and Dobbo here, and uh, and you know wonderful, wonderful woman, wonderful, wonderful woman. woman, and and just with the diagnosis of CTE that Paul's brain has since had um, after his passing, still doesn't hold anything against the game of rugby league. Still allows her son to play the sport and and knows and they're doing a lot of fundraising work for the Brain Bank now, which is wonderful. Um, but still loves the game and the community of rugby league. So this is a really important game tonight, not just about the on field stuff. Yeah, very well said, mate. Very well said. Um, look, I, I know the Sharks in the regular season have got the wool over, the wood over the Cowboys. I think one, except for that semi-final last year at Shark Park, I think the Cowboy, uh, the Sharks have won nine in a row. But I think things will change tonight. If the Sharkies win this, they can go into top uh, top four. The Cowboys <laughs> win, they stay in, they stay in touch with the top eights. I think the Cowboys will be more desperate. I think it's a game that they must win. Um, Sharks showed last week that well against the you know the Titans that they bounced back to a bit of form and. Um, they seem to be the, the the trip to Perth seems to be the tonic for them. That's kind of changed their season around. They looked a little bit more ready for action uh, last mm. week, so they will be ready tonight. But I think the Cowboys might be a little bit too strong. Manly travelling over the ditch to take on the Warriors, who sit in third, still fighting for a top two spot. The Warriors and Manly fighting for their finals hopes. Yeah, I think what the Warriors are going for six in a row or something like that. Mm. For, I think the last time they got that. That many in a row was 2002 with a club record of eight in a row. So um, they are the fairy tale story of the, of the season. Um, uh, they continue to be. It's going to be slippery. You know, when you play a night game in New Zealand, that is slippery always. It's always damp. It's cold. Mainly got to get used to going over there for that. that but the, the Warriors eat this up. The Warriors should win this one and win it comfortably, I reckon. And uh, the other thing that we should give a shout out as well, well done to the Warriors. This for this game this weekend, the stadium is being renamed Daniel Anderson Stadium. Obviously, Fantastic. Fantastic. Daniel, the former coach of the Warriors, uh, they're doing this to um, to acknowledge his contribution. And obviously, for those unaware, Dan suffered a, a just a horrific spinal cord injury um, late last year when he was body surfing um, and mm-hmm. going through the rehab at the moment and, and rugby league does this oh. better than any other sport in the world when they come together to help somebody who means so much to the game. So uh, to the Warriors to acknowledge his contribution to their club and rename the stadium for this game is a, is a wonderful act. So well done to the club. Yeah. Uh, yep. Parramatta Roosters, 10th v 11th. Could, did, did you think that we'd be talking about no. this game as two teams not in the eight at this stage of the season? 
No, no, no. I didn't think we'd be speaking in the round 25 about this game and the loser basically says goodbye to the season. It's just, it's, un, it's almost incomprehensible. <laughs> I, I can't believe it. Um, they both had very checkered seasons uh, for more reasons than one. You know, they've, the Eels have had a bit of a, um, injuries and suspensions and, and depth has played a part, you know, for them. Where, on the other hand, the Roosters have kind of been their own worst enemy by, you know, the, first of all, the Suwali uh, defection. I think that, I don't think they've ever recovered from that. No. Um, young Walker, his, his dropping was handled probably too publicly for the Roosters type of scenario. Um, you know, it's just, and then Riles leaves them and there's talk of, in talk about, you know, having um, a new assistant coaches and, so that's it's as messy as we've ever seen that. It's club. unlike the Roosters. It mm. really is. Um, the last few weeks, they've got back to their uh, semblance of what they know how to do, and that's play footy. Um, without Mitchell Moses, I think it's a big ask for Parramatta to come up against the Roosters, who are on a bit of a roll. So I'd look towards the Roosters in this game. The West Tigers, we've spoken about everything that they've been through. They're favourites, overwhelming favourites against the Dolphins Saturday afternoon, Combank Stadium. Now, for those who are asking why, well, the Dolphins, uh, they're, f- they're fatigued at the back end of the season, sure, but they're also going to be without Jeremy Marshall King, Ray Stone, Kenny Bromwich, and the Hammer for this game. So it is a, it's a patchwork Dolphins outfit. Yeah, um, and they should the, the Tigers should be favourites in this game. They, they, look, they, they, they're trying their guts out, the Tigers. They really are. Um, um, I think Luke Brooks is, you know, since he's back from injury, I think he's been one of the catalysts in that. They gave the Warriors a bit of a scare last weekend. Um, the Dolphins, well, they've got players who basically haven't played it all year, basically in their first grade team. So, <laughs> um, I'm got first time I think for a long time. I'm, I'm going to tip the Tigers. <laughs> then we travel to my neck of the woods, and uh, before we get into the game proper. The Panthers at winks like odds against the Titans at six. This sounds at Seba Super Stadium Saturday Arvo. Do I need to keep an eye out for one Maverick Geyer on the beaches of the coast? Is he? I know he's a boy, a Penrith boy, but can he swim? Uh, do I need to yeah. keep the get the local lifeguards to keep an eye out for him? Yeah, What's going might, on? Yeah, you might have to because he's a. Yeah, they've sent the top thirty up to uh, Gold Coast for a bit of a three three or four days of, of sun and sand, and um, they all watched the game last night uh, together, the Matildas and. Yeah, I think it's just kind of a re reset um, for, for for Ivan Cleary. He, you know, he's um, he's he's very much into the team bonding scenario, which I think is why you see Penrith where they are. Mm. Um, he, he always puts that in front of any, anything else. He's a good club. He's a good club man. He's a good father. He's always got his. He's always talking about his family. They're always around close to him. So um, <clears throat> it's just a big family. The Panthers are a big family, and he's the you know he's the head honcho. Titans uh, look. They've been good. They've, I've enjoyed watching the, the Titans play this year. They've, they, you know, this, this halves combination intrigues me with Campbell and Weaver. Mm. Um, obviously, uh, the other two are out, Tanner Boyd and um, Foran with injury. So this, is the, this, could be a, this could be a sign of the future. I remember Toby Sexton jumped in this same scenario. If it wasn't last year, it was the year before, and I thought, okay, yeah. this, kid, this kid could be anything. Um, but he, he ended up you know, not probably reaching the heights uh, that I thought he yeah. might at Titans. Um, yeah, young Thomas Weaver, welcome to the world of the NRL, mate. I hope you enjoy it. I hope the hope the experience uh, on Saturday isn't a bad one for you. I hope the Panthers <laughs> win, but I don't. I hope it's not by too much. Um, uh, what, pa- Panthers. 
Panthers, brave move by uh, Nathan to bring the or Ivan rather to bring the whole squad up because last time the Panthers partied on the Gold Coast after they won the premiership, they got in some strife. So they did, just yeah. so. <laughs> was that 2021? That was yeah. when they disrespected the trophy, I believe. Oh, that's they were when the, other... the whole, yeah, that's when the comp was played out of Lang Park, <laughs> yes. out of Suncorp. Yeah. Uh, Dragons Panthers. storm in the gong. Uh, the storm st- again. I don't know why we're ever surprised, but they're f- they're in the top four again at the moment. St. George have won just 11, 11 times out of 40 when they played the Storm. Okay. But this could be the biggest opportunity that they've got because some news floating around rugby league circles is that Cameron Munster could be a late uh, exclusion. He's expecting the birth of his child, of course. Yeah, so young Pezzett has been pulled from the, uh, the club he plays for in the Queensland Cup um, mm-hmm. to go down on and be at Wollongong for this game on Saturday. So I expect uh, Cameron Munson not to play in this game, which will bring the Dragons back to the field a little bit, or the Storm back to the field a little bit more. Okay. Saying that, saying that, I can't see Melbourne getting beaten by the Dragons. All right. Jerome Hughes is out there, and again, probably still one of the most underrated halves we'll in the We'll see him comp. back last week. Him back last week, just him and Harry Grant. Harry Grant, they, they rested Harry Grant, put him on after 20 minutes, and he was still man of the match. He's yeah. a freak. He's it's a nuts. freak. Nuts. Uh, Sunday nights, Rabbitohs, this night's outfit. MG, I've got the youth oh. versus experience ladder on the way. Wait till you see what this Newcastle Knights team does in the youth versus experience ladder predictor very shortly. But big game, McDonald Jones Stadium in the, in the Steel City. Oh, this is this is mouthwatering. This is probably my game of the round because it has so many permutations about it. Knights, can you believe, what, well, they're going for their seventh in a row? Is it seventh mm-hmm. in a row? Yeah, um, thereabouts. Well, they were they were nowhere. They were, I think, after still seven weeks ago, they were fourteenth. But then something happened to them, and I think if Adam O'Brien's looking for someone to pat on the back and say thank you uh, for the season that they're having, it's got to be Billy Slater because leaving Dane Gagai and Kalen Ponga out of that Origin, he, I think Kalen Ponga has sat back and watched Reese Walsh going, "Ooh, I've got a contender. I have a contender. It's brought out the best in him. He has not played. I've never seen him play better." Same goes with Dane Gagai. Dane Gagai got snubbed for origin. Guess what? He's playing career best form. Mm. So sometimes uh, blessings in disguise come around, along in rugby league, and that was one of them, I think, for the Newcastle Knights. They are playing a really good brand of footy. Last Amazingly, loss round 17 against Panthers. <clears throat> amazing. Amazingly as well, J- Jackson Hastings looked like he broke his leg last week in a oh. hip drop from young Jacob Preston. And I thought, that's we won't see him again, but he's named. He's named. He's named. <laughs> So that He's is tough. fantastic news because him, him, him and Tyson Gamble, oh. this game, when you're watching it, make sure you watch Gamble versus Cody Walker. That, that's that's worth the price of admission alone because they love they both love getting in the face of every other opponent and they'll get in each other's face. So um, I, I, think, I think this is the game where we see Luttrell flex his muscles and say, you know what, we've got to be better if we're going to be a, a force in this competition. I, I expect I, I, it's a very hard game to pick. Um, toss of a coin, and I'll, I'll, I'll go with the Rabbitohs. Only because the the, uh, the Knights have won so many in a row, and they're probably closer to a loss than uh, they should be. I'm trying to decide if Tyson Gamble and Jackson Hastings is more like the Bash Brothers out of Mighty Ducks, or more like <laughs> more like Keanu Reeves in the replacements. Uh, I'm just trying to. Basically, there's a sporting movie in here for these two. There is, there is, it's, there definitely it's, is. It's awesome. All right, one round, one game to go. The Broncos with the bye this round. Raiders, Bulldogs. This is a four o'clock game in the nation's capital. Uh, I mean, the Bulldogs is just uh, Tavita Pangai Junior. The news that he's done with rugby league, he's going to be a boxer now. Uh, it, this it's threatening to get out of hand for the Dogs. It's threatening threatening to become sort of yep. the best you know, best laid intentions or whatever the phrase is. But this is starting to get ugly. 
Yeah, and you've got to wonder what Stephen Crichton sitting back watching this unfold, thinking about, you know, well, Penrith are flying. Um, it's It's got to be disconcerting. It's got to be something that you're really worried about, watching them go from, you know, bad to worse. Um, last week's game was, was shocking. Um, I think they were behind 30 nil at half time, and, you know, they don't look like, they just don't look like threatening. They've got no, no. got no penetration. They've got no, they don't seem to have, except for Avarillo, any real speed, and, and the Fox can't get into the games. He's He's basically been unsighted off nobbies. Um, Avarillo, so, who's coming to the Dolphins next year as well. That's right. Yeah, so um, I expect Canberra to bounce back in this one. They uh, they were pretty woeful last week, um, and they'll be out to atone, especially on their home deck. I think Canberra Raiders will win this one. All right, before we get out of here, I'm looking at the NRL ladder predictor, trying to take a different, put a different lens on the finals every week here. You've asked me to have a look at youth versus experience, the pups versus the old dogs, uh, and what comes out on top. Now, Yep. Just question without notice, MJ. Who do you think has got the oldest list in the comp this year? I would say would it be Melbourne. Melbourne, no. It is Cronulla. The Cronulla oh. Sharks have the oldest list in the comp. Who's got the youngest? Broncos. West Tigers. Now, now the West Tigers are the now. There's less than two. Two years between those, the average ages of the two lists, so it's all pretty close. But yeah. it does show that you know experience can be it can be useful. If we go with the thinking that on the run home, all the youthful teams win, all the, the youngest lists get over the line because they got energy, yep, and there's less fatigue in their legs. The top eight shapes out like this: the week one of the finals sees the Broncos host the Warriors. The Broncos finish top of the ladder. Panthers finish second. But do you know who they take on in week one in a non-elimination? No. The Newcastle Knights. Wow. <laughs> Youthful ex- exuberance pays off. The Knights will finish third on the ladder. Wow. Your, el- your elimination finals in that week one will be the Storm taking on the Sharks. Yep. Uh, and the Raiders to take on Manly. The Bunnies and the Cowboys and the Roosters are the teams that miss out if you go with uh, youth versus experience. So wow. the, sh- the Knights are the big big beneficiary of, of a youthful team. Um, of, what are we talking about? Know. What average age are we talking about for these teams? So the West Tigers have got the youngest average age in the comp. They're at 24 and a half years wow. as an average age. Yeah, wow. this is going to make you feel old because the oldest team is Sharks is 26 and a half years. <laughs> the, the teams that are kind of already combining success and youth, the Broncos, they're, uh, they're the fifth youngest list in the competition and they're sitting where they are. But Penrith, not far away. Penrith have got the seventh youngest list in the comp. Okay. So, which shows how well they're recycling, bringing through this, utilizing that nursery yep. that they've got. Yep. The team that you probably look at and you go, oh, that's a bit of a worry, uh, is, well, it's Parramatta. They're the third oldest team in the competition. Wow. Really? And if they're doing what, yeah, and if they're sliding like they are, you kind of go, mm, maybe we need to find a way to inject some youth. Wow, that's a that's a fantastic go. and comprehensive report there from you, Mr. <laughs> Flanagan. I appreciate your <laughs> diligence. Uh, hey, I got to go to work. I never, never pulled the boots on in anger, so I got to do my, I got to put my anger into the keyboard. Hey, we got to get out of here. There's a ripping weekend on the way. I'll keep an eye out for Maverick Guy off Broad Beach. Make sure he doesn't get into trouble in the surf. Please do. Uh, and to everybody tonight, make sure you watch this Sharks Cowboys game. The Paul Green Medal up for yep. grabs. Just a, a legend of the sport and a man whose uh, whose legacy should be remembered, and it will be tonight by these two teams. MG, enjoy your yeah. weekend of footy, sir. Good on you, buddy. Take care. Triple M Footy lives on Listener. Thanks to McDonald's and Ream Hot Water.